0: Hi, welcome to this Mama Means Business, a podcast where we connect as mamas and as business owners, sharing stories that will make you laugh, cry, feel inspired, and take action. When it comes to parenting or building a business, we don't want you to feel guilty, anxious, or overwhelmed. But when you do, we want to be here to support you with incredible interviews into how to raise and nurture your babies and your business at the same time. We are a kick-ass community of mamas and we are so excited that you're joining us today. Oh my goodness, the first episode. I am so excited, you guys. Before I start sharing what's on my heart to speak on today, I just want to introduce myself first. My name is Kylie Kelly and I'm a mama of two gorgeous boys, an active three-year-old boy, Spencer, who is obsessed with race cars, trains and eating cheese. And my husband, Nick, and I have just welcomed another little human into our family last month, a little boy we named Samuel. Like a lot of newborns, Sam's days revolve around nipples, sleeping, and surviving the love Spencer wants to show him constantly. I also own our photography brand, and I was a wedding photographer for almost a decade, shooting weddings here in Australia, but also internationally uh, in the UK, South Africa, and I was actually meant to be documenting a wedding in Greece last June, which had been on my bucket list for the longest time, Um, but COVID definitely got in the way of that. This past year, everything changed for me individually and for us as a family as well. I'm going to chat a little bit more about that today. So grab a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, a glass of wine, a bottle of kombucha, whatever it is you like to enjoy and settle in. I can't wait to let you into my world during today's episode. So 2020, hey, what... crazy insane year for so many reasons. It's certainly one that I think a lot of us are going to remember for the rest of our lives. You know, so much happened. I know here in Australia, we had not only the pandemic, but we had bushfires and drought at the start of the year, followed by the pandemic, obviously, um, which changed everyone's life. It's just been a little insane. And I know in other parts of the world over in the US, they've obviously had the election. They had um, the Black Lives Matter protests. There's been so much going on in the world this year that whether it's good, bad or ugly, we're all going to remember it for different reasons, aren't we? I remember starting the year full of anticipation, full of excitement. You know, the idea that it was also the start of a new decade um, just filled me with so much hope and so many new dreams that I was pretty damn excited. Nick and I, at the time, we were living in a capital city here in Australia called Brisbane in Queensland. So Spencer had just turned two and he was totally keeping us on our toes. Um, he's a, such an active little boy. So it's it's very much go, go, go. Nick and I were both self-employed. So I had actually been a professional wedding photographer for almost a decade and I loved it. I loved every moment of it. It was going to be an amazing year and pretty much overnight, the pandemic hit. One minute I I remember you know you're watching the news and you're hearing about it overseas and then the next minute the government and and everybody's talking about it and I'm receiving so many emails from my couples thinking about postponing or cancelling their wedding. Nick had pretty much the same experience and overnight the contracts that he had signed for upcoming work were all cancelled so in a matter of a couple of days, all of our future work for the whole entire year or for at least the next six months was all gone. We did have a little bit of savings saved up. So we sat down and had the discussion of whether we stay where we were, which was in a city that we loved. We'd built a great community of friends and had a great, a great life there. We didn't live near our family, so we didn't have support in that regard, but we were really content with where we were going and what our life looked like. So we sat down anyway, and we looked at our accounts, and we were only renting, so we had that discussion of, do we stay here and use our savings to pay for the rent and hope that this isn't going to last very long um, and that our work will come back, or the only other alternative is do we pack up and do we move somewhere where we have support just in case this pandemic lasts longer than we're expecting or that we're hoping? I suppose as well, when you do have children, you know, those decisions are not ones that you take lightly. So we took Spencer, obviously, into consideration. And we decided that because it was so unknown, we didn't know how long our work was going to be on the quiet side for. We didn't know when things would return back to normal. So we very much quickly spoke to Nick's parents and luckily they had space for us. They did live in a different state, but they had space for us to move in with them. So we packed up everything in a matter of days. We were really concerned about the borders closing because they were starting to close in other states as the case numbers increased. So we quickly packed up our entire life, our entire house. We hired a storage shed that was close by Put most of our belongings into storage and threw what we had in the car. We had to hire a car to fit Spencer's cot in because he was still in the cot and we left. It was the most stressful time I think I've ever experienced. I definitely went into kind of survival mode. It was a to do list in my head. I knew what needed to get done for our family to be okay and for our family to make it down to Nick's parents. We both drove a car each. I drove down with Spencer the whole way. It's about a, a nine-hour drive, so we did split it into two days and stayed somewhere halfway. But then when we did get to New South Wales, um, we actually moved into a little granny flat that his sister had on the side of their farmhouse um, because we wanted to isolate. We did stay somewhere that we didn't know overnight on the way down, and we didn't know who was there before us. It was just an Airbnb. So the responsible thing we thought to do was to isolate for two weeks just in case somebody had stayed there that was infected. So we did that. So that was interesting because it was a like a one bedroom little granny flat. Nick's sister also has children. So we were trying to keep the kids separate and set up Spencer's cot in the little laundry area. We were very grateful that we had somewhere to go. But I feel like that whole experience, being that we were in that fight or flight, survival, let's just get through this mindset, we didn't really take the time in that to actually grieve what we were missing or to really even think through what our life was then going to look like. So after the two weeks of isolation, we then moved in with Nick's parents, which was incredible. We were able to live in the downstairs area of their property while they lived upstairs, which was such a blessing to have your own space a little bit as well, especially when you have a toddler, was just a godsend being that we were dealing with toddler tantrums and early rising, and it was a lot. So it was fantastic to have our own kind of space. When we were living in Brisbane, we had been talking about trying for another child. I actually was booked to photograph a wedding in Greece in June of 2020. And so I'd planned a big international trip with my girlfriend, Caitlin, um, and we were going to go over. She's also a photographer, so she was going to shoot the wedding alongside me. And then we were going to spend, you know, glorious two weeks kind of island hopping and seeing the sights around Greece um, and around a few other countries. But of course, that did not unfold. But originally when Nick and I were talking about trying for another baby, we were going to wait until I got back from that trip because I didn't want to be pregnant while I was traveling quite selfish of me, really, because I just wanted to drink all the wine (laughs) and have have a good time with not having to worry (laughs) about a pregnancy. And so we talked about it, but I didn't realize that it would happen so easily. So we are very blessed. And I did fall pregnant in the most stressful week of my life when we were moving house. So when we were packing up, apparently when we were packing up our things to put into storage, we must have had sex that week at some point. um, And miraculously, I was able to fall pregnant and we've now had a healthy baby boy, Samuel. But to find that out, after we've just relocated to Nick's parents and we're living in their house and we have no money and we don't know what the future holds and everything was so uncertain. It was a lot. I remember doing the pregnancy test because my periods had been erratic anyway, thinking that I wouldn't be pregnant, but thinking I better do the responsible thing and, and just do a test just in case. And my girlfriend, Caitlin, actually FaceTimed me just as I was waiting for the result to come up. And it had just turned to be pregnant when she called. And I answered. I was in shock. I answered the call. She knew straight away. So she was actually the first person to find out. I was just in shock to find out that you're pregnant when you have so much going on that's just so unknown. But at the same time, it was actually the best thing that could have happened. Because whilst it was one more thing that you could add to your stress pile of your life at that time, it was also the most positive thing to think about. A lot of the time when I was upset or worried or uncertain, I'd touch my belly or just think about the baby growing inside and know that at the end of the day, that's all that matters. It's the people in our life that we love. It's that we're healthy, we're together and everything else is just logistics. Everything else is just figuring out what this new normal is going to look like. How we are going to make our life work now? And making sure that our situation didn't rob us of the joy of this pregnancy. So I was really, really happy that I felt pregnant when I did. Um, And now that Samuel's here, obviously, I wouldn't change it for the world. But it was definitely a very big adjustment to make at the time when I was finding out I was pregnant and, and the situation that we were in. So as you can tell from that little rundown, it was a crazy, hectic year. I did learn some things from it though. Firstly, I learned about the power of letting go. So I've always been a planner. I've always been somebody that sits down at the start of the year, at the start of a new month, at the start of a week, and I write down what I want to achieve, how I'm going to achieve it, what I need to get done. And I like to be in control. So knowing that about me, you can imagine what went through my head as everything unfolded last year. And I actually really learned that we're never in control, that to have a happy and fulfilled life, we actually need to release the illusion of control. We need to forget about it and remember that it's all about acceptance. It's all about accepting change, accepting what might be the new normal and accepting that you're not in control. Doing the work and having the goals and having the dreams and writing them down, but also just surrendering to the outcome and making sure that we just enjoy the journey to get there, which I know sounds so cliche and it just sounds so like that's something you'd have on a poster or a calendar, right? But I must say, learning that through our experiences last year changed everything. I always knew in my head that was the best approach to life, but experiencing it and feeling it in my body, really realizing the truth to it has definitely made me a more relaxed person. I also learned that knowing when to let go of a dream is just as important as to know when to go after one. So with my business, with my photography business, after we'd relocated, all of my weddings cancelled, pretty much. So I then had to decide, what do I do? Do I continue being a wedding photographer? Do Do I continue my business? Or do I actually let go of it? Do I not start it down here in a new state, in a new place where I would be starting from scratch? Do I just let go? And I decided to. I decided I didn't have it in me to start again. And I actually didn't want to. I actually was grateful that, you know, I had a business over a decade that provided income for me and my family that I loved with all of my heart at the time but with two children at home and with my heart wanting to do something different and to be home for them why not let go of it and that was really scary all of my sort of adolescence and into my 20s I worked in so many jobs I worked in retail I worked in hospitality there was a running joke in my family that I changed jobs as often as I changed underwear because I used to get so bored so quickly the business was actually the longest job that I'd ever had I'd been running it myself for almost a decade and I'd done really well and, and that's actually how I'd met a lot of my friends, um, was being their photographer at their wedding and then we became really close afterwards and we've all had babies together and it's been the source of so much joy in my life, but actually taking the time and not being scared to let go of it was the best decision and the, actually the best thing that came out of 2020, apart from our new son, of course, but I released it. I let it go. And not knowing now what's ahead of me is scary, but it's also exhilarating. It's also so exciting to know that, hey, what do I want to do? What what do I want our future to look like? 2020 also taught me the power of accepting help. So I've always been very independent. I think that comes from my mum, who's very independent. She pretty much raised my sister, my brother and I on her own. Um, My dad always worked away. So I had a very independent mother as a role model growing up. And then when I met Nick as well, we, yeah, we didn't live near our family. We were very used to being self-sufficient and just figuring things out and not asking for help because really we didn't have anyone around that could help. So accepting help when we needed it, actually putting our hand up and saying, we need your help right now. We're not going to be okay on our own was very humbling. And it made me realize that it's okay. It's okay to need help. It's okay to be authentic. Can be honest and actually say to people, you know what, I'm not okay. I, I went for a run just now and I cried half of the half of the way because of this grief and this trauma I'm feeling or I'm crying right now and I don't know why, but this is really me. This is how I'm feeling. This is what's going on in my life. And I've always thought that I'm pretty honest and I'm pretty emotional half the time too. But I also realized that normally when I'm facing something, I like to be the positive light. I like to always have a positive spin on things and, and that kind of does brush off the impact things are having on our life. But what goes hand in hand with being authentic and being real and being honest is that people in response, if they love you, if they care about you, are going to want to help. They're going to want to say, what can I do? How can I help you? Whether that's just listening, whether that's cooking a meal, whether that's letting you live in their house when you have no money, whether that's looking after your child when you just need to have a sleep, they're going to offer to help. And when they offer, it's so important to be able to give yourself the permission to say, yes, thank you. I, would, I, I really would love that help. And it's not a sign of weakness and it's not a sign of failure. It's a sign of being human. And it's a sign that you have people around you that love you and that actually want to help your life get better. There's so much power in that. And I feel like that was a huge lesson for me last year because normally I would just be the positive one. I would just be that person that that would like to help others that didn't need help because I had my shit together when actually sometimes that's not enough. Sometimes the world throws so much shit at you that you just need help. You just need your people around you to support you and to get through it together. So that was a huge, huge, huge lesson. Um, And even now I'm still, I'm still struggling with it. Obviously we've got a newborn and um, Nick's sister and Nick's parents and a few friends are offering to do things. And I always have to catch myself because my instinct automatically is, oh no, I'm fine. Oh no, I don't need it. Don't worry about it. I don't want to put you out. I don't want to inconvenience you, but I need to remember that no, 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 there's power in accepting help and it's going to make them feel great. And it's going to actually make you feel great too, because you do need it. So it's a work in progress. (laughs) The last little lesson that 2020 threw my way was just the importance of checking in with yourself. Even though with the pandemic, we we were lucky to not lose anyone. We didn't have anyone pass as a result of it. We were quite lucky in terms of our health. Um, Nick Spencer and I haven't haven't caught been infected. Um, I don't actually know anyone close to me that has, but I also realized, and I've only realized it as this year kind of wrapped up, that there was a lot of grief and a lot of trauma with having to relocate and having to leave the life that we had in Brisbane. There was a lot of trauma around that because it was something that I didn't foresee, that I didn't actually want to do at the time, that I felt forced into. There was grief in the fact that I had to close the business, that I was forced into that decision. There was trauma around having to impact Spencer's life so much. He had a great daycare. He had a great community sort of around him. And suddenly he was thrown in the car. We were living somewhere else. He didn't have his friends that he was starting to really cling to. He didn't have his favorite teachers. Um, He was only two, but he'd been at that daycare center for a year and a half. He started when he was six months. So there was security in that. There was security in the house we lived in. There was security for him in the friends that he had outside of daycare that were you know kids of my friends that he was getting quite close to so we changed his life drastically and then we landed here in this new state in this new place obviously with family but you know suddenly he's not just getting instruction and direction and discipline from Nick and I it's also obviously who we're living with which is his grandparents so he's he's learning to take direction from them and he's going to a new daycare center when they opened and then he's toilet training and then we're moving again into the rental. Like he's had so many changes. And as a parent, I was worried that he wouldn't adapt as well as he has. I was worried that it would impact him developmentally. I was worried that he wouldn't settle in a new area. Um, And there's definitely been challenges, but there was a lot of trauma and grief, even just around having to put those changes on, on him at such a young age and so many changes. So I did find that the best way to kind of deal with that was to exercise, was to walk, to run, to do what I could through the pregnancy. And even now, It was definitely allowing myself to feel my emotions so that I could move through them and not just drown them in a glass of wine in getting busy or luckily I was actually pregnant because if I hadn't been pregnant I think I would have drunk way too much alcohol but yeah so exercise was definitely a big one and just letting myself feel them so there were definite times when I just knew I needed to have a cry I could feel it building up and I knew I needed that release so I needed to have a cry and get it out and move on and even now actually grief's a funny thing I feel like when you've gone through a year like 2020 and whatever you've experienced in this year you feel it differently I was listening to a podcast the other week that had a psychiatrist on it talking about grief and trauma and they were even saying you know, when you get to the end of 2020 and you're tired and you're lethargic and you're like, oh, I don't know why I'm so tired or I don't know why I feel the way I do or I'm not motivated. And it's almost like we've had so much adrenaline and so much stress and so much cortisol in our body that it just wears you down. It's that fight or flight instinct that's just been within us for a lot of the year when normally it, you'd have a short burst of that and then get back to normal. Whereas we've felt it for for nine months or or 10 months or for however long we've been going through this. And we're just exhausted. And that's actually also a result of the grief, the trauma, the stress that the years had. I was actually telling Nick about it after I got back from the walk because it was really appropriate to how he was feeling, really relevant. Because often, and I know we have a newborn, so obviously we're exhausted, but often we might get he might get a good stretch of sleep and be like, Oh, I'm still so tired. And I just don't think that we can recover from a year like 2020 instantly. We can't just start 2021 and go, We're we're good, we're ready to go. Let's get into the new year. It's like we need to give ourselves space and time to actually really just reflect on what's happened and feel our emotions and feel where our body's at and go for walks in the sunshine and drink a lot of water and eat good food and meet with friends when we can and and still connect with our community and and recover before we can then expect to feel the way we did before this year happened. So that's been a huge lesson and I'm I'm definitely trying to just stay in tune with my body and in tune with my mind and emotions and see what I need before I can really forget about 2020 and everything that we've sort of worked through. I need to do some work in making sure that I've processed it all, that I haven't just swept it under the rug. The last thought I wanted to leave you with is the fact that every single day you have to choose joy, especially when it's hard and you're facing challenges. I know now that actually feeling happy and happiness is normally a result of things going well in your life, right? So when everything is is rosy and everything's going great, you're, you're happy, life is good. But when things are going bad or they're stressful or you're struggling or there's challenges, it's so important to make a choice to still choose joy, to not let your circumstances rob you of it. Throughout the year, uh, waking up and going, okay, I'm going to choose to still be excited, to still have a smile on my face. I'm not happy, I'm stressed. This is not what I wanted the year to be. This is not an automatic feeling, but right now I'm gonna choose joy. I'm gonna make a daily choice so that I can be a person that's full of joy even in the middle of this crazy ass year, even in the middle of this crazy storm that we're going through that is 2020. Even when everything is stacked against me and things aren't going the way I wanted them to, I'm still gonna choose joy because at the end of the day, When I go to bed tonight, choosing joy right now is going to make my day a thousand times better than it will if I just let my situation impact how I am with my friends, how I am with my family, how I am with myself. I'm going to feel miserable. So I'm going to choose joy. And the fact that you can actually be in control of that, and again, here I am trying to control how I'm feeling, but actually knowing that I can control how I feel and I can choose to be joyful, even in this situation, was really empowering, was really something that um, I hadn't really discovered before. And I've been through other things, other challenges um, in my life. I've been married before. I've gone through a divorce. I'd never actually discovered the fact that I could choose joy and still face a challenge and be okay and actually be smiling, even though life was not what I wanted it to be at that moment in time, was a huge revelation. And I I think that that's really going to, to benefit me in my life going forward. So there we go. So that's kind of what I've learned in 2020. Um, I also decided to create a podcast. I'm so super excited about this Mama Means business. And I feel like all of this kind of explains why I chose to do it and why it was something on my heart that I wanted to create. When we relocated, we moved obviously away from all our friends and all our support that we had in Brisbane and the community that we'd built. And so when we got down here into this new state and this new area I decided to reach out to some new mothers groups I'd found online so that I could try and meet some new people. At the time, I was feeling isolated, I was feeling lonely, so I knew I had to put myself out there to make some new friends. But oh my goodness, I was so disappointed. After going along to a couple, I found them either to be really clicky, you know the type where you turn up and everyone is already in those formed little groups and no one welcomes you and it's super awkward. Or they were nice enough, but all we had in common was the fact that we had children. The conversation started and quickly ended with comparisons about tantrums, toilet training and how great our kids were. It was all surface level conversation and I walked away from those meetings as well feeling even more empty than before. Don't get me wrong, I love Spencer and Samuel but there is so much more to me than just being a mum. I don't want to talk about them 24-7 and to be honest I run out of things to say anyway. I'm an entrepreneur. I want to talk about business. I want to talk about other things in life that excite me and build something you know that is incredible whilst also raising babies. And hence why I thought I'd create the podcast. It was really a way for me to reach out to other incredible women that I started chatting to online that were also mothers, but they were also entrepreneurs and, and amazing business women. So I've had so much fun. I've interviewed women from the States, from Canada, from New Zealand, from Australia, from all over the world that are in all different stages of motherhood, all different stages of business. And the conversations that we had were so real and they're so rich and there's so much more than just talking about our kids. So I'm really excited by this podcast. I'm excited to share everything with you. Um, I'm excited to build a community where we can be authentic, where we can value human relationships. Um, I learned last year that when your connection with other people is low, when you're struggling with the relationships in your life, even the social relationships, you could have a great intimate relationship with Nick my family can be really well and connecting on a really deep level. But if your social relationships and if you, you're not feeling connected to a community, you struggle. Your happiness is low. Feeling connected to a community is so important and seeking out new relationships and also deepening new and existing relationships by being vulnerable, by being honest, by being raw, by being consistent and showing up is so important to have a rich life. And that's what I want this podcast to be. That's what I want this community to be. Somewhere where you can come, you can listen, you can relate to the people talking, you can not feel judged, you can be honest, you can be yourself. And together we can build a community that supports each other as we raise our babies and as we raise and build our businesses. I am so excited. So look, I'm going to leave it there. That is me in a nutshell. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please pop over to Facebook. We have a Facebook community that is starting to grow and it's going to be such a great place to be. So um, if you head over to Facebook, it's just facebook.com forward slash TMMB group. So this mama means business. Request access. Come on in, have a chat, see what we're posting, see what we're sharing. I'm also inviting all the people that I interview in there. So if you listen to an episode and you want to say hi to the guest that we had on the show or you want to encourage them or ask some questions, um, jump on over because I should be in the group as well. Um, But I can't wait. I can't wait to see you there. I can't wait to get to know you and I can't wait to support you in everything that you want to be. So from my heart to yours, I love you loads and I will see you next week.